This is the Ignition Show, an after-show edition. Hello, everyone. Welcome to or welcome back to the podcast. I'm Chris Jansen, host of the Ignition Show, and today is what we call our after-show. It's a special episode where we look back at the most recent interview and pull it apart to see how the ideas have impacted us. Us, by the way, refers to my wife and business partner, Sarah, and I. We're learning too, and not only have we created this podcast to help provoke, inspire, and fuel your greatness, but we're on our own journey. We want to learn and grow as individuals and as a couple, and heck, we're human too. We have days and moments when we're crushing it, and plenty of moments when we're not. So the After Show episodes are here to help you, help you to deepen the learning, speed the implementation of the great ideas, and accelerate the route to your greatest aspirations and an extraordinary life. We're excited to be on this journey with you side by side, moving forward with the entire Ignition Show community. We'd love to hear what stood out for you in this episode. So please go to our Facebook group, that's The Ignition Show on Facebook, and join if you haven't yet. And let us know what you heard from this episode that really impacted you. All right, it's time to ignite the spark within you. Let's get to the episode. Hey, babe. How's it going? Good. When When I told you I was talking to Howard Berg, the world's fastest reader. Yeah. And we're talking about accelerated learning. When you hear accelerated learning, what do you have a first thought that goes through your mind in terms of what, the, what does that actually mean and what are we trying to get to? I think I I thought what you guys dis, um, dispelled very early on, I thought of it as speed reading. Right. Because I think back to school days and the way I learned was through reading. Most of the time, like I would attend the lectures, but then I'd go home and, and read the textbooks. Right. And I think I, I don't know if I actually am, but I always considered myself more of a learner through reading. Mm -hmm. So even if I attended the lectures, I would go home and read the textbooks and I got a sense, a better sense of the material that way. Right. Yeah. When, when, uh, when Howard raised that topic of accelerated learning and as, uh, as I dug into his background a little bit, it actually reminded me, um, uh, something uh, something I, I probably bought, got into, bought into about 10 years ago through one of my mentors who I had a recording of a three-day seminar on accelerated learning as part of the vault. And it kind of just opened up my mind to there's so many ways that we can very easily access more of our brain power, more of yeah. our capacity to learn. And it's not just about speeding up. And I think that's one of the misnomers around speed reading and some of the baggage around speed reading especially when you when someone has no affiliation to it and they see an expert doing it and they see them flipping through the book and it just seems like a like a parlor game trick totally and and, but when you really break it down and i love what so many things that howard said and the first thing out of the gate was talking about that reading isn't learning which is a good distinction for me Mm -hmm. i think i was i always enjoyed reading but I always, like you mentioned in, in the interview, I always consider myself a very slow reader. Right. And it's partly because I, I enjoy it so much that I like reading every word. And especially with fiction, it's enjoyable to read every word and tell the story. So I'm actually glad that when he used examples, he's like, focus on nonfiction. Yeah. Right? Like, so it's not about reading faster. It's about learning more, like learning faster. And it's funny, when I thought back to my university days, you know, when there was a lot of, um, a lot of content, I would, still, I would still read slowly. And I didn't enjoy the learning as much because I, you know, one, the content wasn't as enjoyable as, as reading fiction, but because it was a slow process. Yeah. And I think 
having listened to the interview, if I'd known some of those tricks, you know, the, even if you do say it's a parlor game trick, you know, some of those tactical things he went through with you, if I'd known some of those things, especially considering I did biochemistry and a lot of it was memorization, which I hated. Right. I'm, I don't consider myself a great memorizer at all, um, which, yeah, you can question why I even went into biochemistry. <laughs> but um, if I'd known some of those tactics going into it, not only would I would I have done better, but I probably would have enjoyed it more. And I reflect back on, even as you're saying that, is, um, again, just in, in my journey of learning about, you know, maximizing our potential is, and I was thinking about this earlier today, someone said, you know, they're not, they don't have a good singing voice. Mm. And I've just seen people, experts in the field who can turn someone who has, um, who has a very bad singing voice yeah. and in, in less than an hour, make them sound very, very good because they understand the techniques of singing, the how to use your vocal cords. And it's right. very much the same with accelerated learning and how to use the brain. And, and so when he made the distinction of learning, uh, reading isn't learning, and I think, and um, I think that's a big myth that people fall into is what we're taught in our schooling and everything else. It's like, you got to read this book. And once you read it, you have the knowledge. And I think one of the biggest, uh, biggest myths of speed reading or biggest skepticisms around speed reading is the first question always is, yeah, but do you retain it? Right. Well, and there's enough proof to say that people do retain. But my, my counter argument, though, is, okay, if I give you a full book, nonfiction book on whatever topic you enjoyed, and you read the whole thing, all 293 pages, and then three weeks later, we asked you some quizzing questions about it. What percentage of comprehension do you have about what you read three weeks ago? Well, I was just going to say, because I enjoy reading, oftentimes when I read nonfiction, and I read a lot of nonfiction, I don't retain the information because I'm finding it so enjoyable that I'm not stopping to make sure I comprehend everything, if that makes any sense. Yeah, like, absolutely. I'm, I'm enjoying the content, but I have no intention of, reta of retaining it. Right. So I find this this concept really interesting that you go into a book specifically to learn and you and you read it accordingly well the big thing that uh, woke, woke me up into uh, i guess maybe a new reality is uh, probably around 10 years ago i took a course um called photo reading and um the th biggest thing that i i how i describe that is it when you with a book is you're not reading the book you consume the book hmm. And the way I, I use that language of consuming the book, because exactly as Howard said, we're typically taught how to learn is you open up to page one and you look at every single word. Right. In this course and other speed reading courses, the first thing you do is understand what's the objective. Why are you reading this book? And it's like anything else, you start to set your intention and your clarity or your focus or your goal for any kind of experience. It, it triggers something in the brain, maybe your reticular activating system that makes you pay attention to certain things. And so the idea of you, you get clear on what you're, why you're trying to read this book, then in various techniques, even Howard teaches, it's, it's skimming through the book, not, to, not because your brain is reading every single word, but you're looking for keywords. What's repetitive? How is the book structured? You're looking for patterns. Patterns. You're looking for structure. You're, you're understanding what is the structure of this book. And then you go back and go into more detail and pause and go into detail on some other things. And the point is that in, in, in and I experienced this, that, Typically, probably on average, to to, um, uh, to read an average nonfiction book, it could take me probably 10 to 15 hours. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's probably done just before bed in half hour increments. So it takes me a month to get, maybe get through a book. Right. Um, if I was really dedicated up. But in this process, I could get it into three hours. And that might take two nights or three nights. 
but it's just more highly intentional understanding why am I reading this? And it gets down to, got down to the point of even just the first thing you do is you actually take notes while you're doing it, like maybe a mind map. And the first thing you write down is what is your objective of reading this book? And when I got to that, especially in the, the, the field that I've been working in, I realized back to the comprehension point is that I don't, I'm not trying to memorize this book. Mm. What I'm really, any kind of nonfiction book is about human potential or high performance or whatever it may be, or helping people change behaviors. I'm really looking for three or four really interesting ideas, three or four bits of research that I can use somewhere in a talk and a presentation, educate myself. That's really all I'm looking for. Well, it's interesting too. I just think of how would that change my life and, and my reading habits? Because oftentimes I will not, first of all, I read mostly nonfiction, but I won't read a book if I, if I don't find it well written, if mm. I don't find it an, an enjoyable read. Right. Because I still want my nonfiction to be as enjoyable as yeah. fiction. And I think this would change things because I would, one, learn more because I would pick up more books simply because I wouldn't use enjoyable read as a qualifier. Right. I'd be like, I just want to learn this topic. Right. And I would, whatever, skim through it or whatever technique is required. And then there would be some books that I would, like I think of the book Sapiens. And I, I can't remember for the life of me who wrote yeah, it. Yeah. But it's a well-known recent book. I, I really enjoyed reading that book. And that's one that you're still learning a lot of information. But I, I enjoyed like sitting down with it yeah. versus speeding through it. Yeah. And I think that's another... another uh, skeptic point I often hear around the, the speed reading or accelerated learning is some, like you say, people really enjoy reading. Why do I want to rush through something I enjoy? It's a Completely. Saturday morning thing or a Sunday evening thing, right? Or before bed, that's my wind bed. down. Well, then that's a very different intention or, or objective for reading this. I'm reading this to calm me down at the end of the day, to just enjoy, to take my mind off of things. That's different than if you're trying to learn topics for the sake of learning them or mastering mastering some knowledge or gaining some wisdom or some insights. Right. And um, so I agree. I have no interest in speeding up a novel that I read. Right. If it's meant to be a slow down uh, activity. Or even an enjoyable nonfiction, hmm. nonfiction book. But there's so many other books I would pick up thinking, okay, I don't have to commit a month of my life to reading this. As you said, because that's that's oftentimes what happens, especially with a really thick, deep nonfiction book. Be like, oh, I can dedicate a Saturday morning to this book, mm. especially at first, maybe maybe a few Saturday mornings, you know, as I begin. But it would be, I'd feel a lot less committal, um, a lot less commitment to a lot of these nonfiction books. Yeah, and very again, the the whole conversation with Howard really. Really, just reinforce the power and importance of knowing your outcome. You know, that's something that we are con constantly reinforcing with our clients. It's like, what's the outcome? What are you trying to achieve here? And that's the bigger picture of things. But even on a specific challenge that they're trying to overcome, and it just reinforces the importance of that. And it makes makes me think of, um, you know, back to the daily planning. Like, what's my goal for the day? What's my outcome for the day? If we're engaging in a certain project or talking about a certain part of the business, or just having a meeting. It's like, what's the outcome? What are we trying to achieve by doing this? And uh, so that was a good, good reminder that I took away from that conversation. Yeah, absolutely. And it's so easy to get bogged down in the details, especially mm. when you're reading to learn. And it reminds me of um, my honors thesis in university. So I what spent... What was that? What was the topic? Oh, I think I was, I was isolating 
ACP from E. coli. Woo! I know. Hot stuff. Yeah. And I had spent a whole semester, actually, like two summers working for this professor, and I did my honors thesis on this. And I rocked it. Like I was up in front of the stage or up on stage in front of all these people, the whole department. And I, I rocked the presentation and then the questions came. And one professor that I didn't really even know, he put his hand up and I'm like, yes, you know, how can I answer? And he said, what's the whole point of this? And I froze. And I looked at him. I was like a deer caught in the headlights. I'm like, uh, uh. And you were, I think, you, were, you were solving, a, you were providing a solution for, for a problem that didn't exist? No, I actually, to the point where my, my um, uh, supervisor at the end, my thesis supervisor pulled me, <laughs> pulled me aside afterwards. He's like, this is the point of your whole, you know, what you've been doing. And I'm like, oh, right. Because it's so easy to get bogged down in the details of yes. isolating the protein from the, you know, from, from the cell and the different, yeah, for me, it was just, I got bogged down in the details and I forgot why I was doing the whole thing. Yeah. And I will never forget that lesson. But to your point, it's a lesson we can put, put towards our everyday planning or when you pick up a book. Mm. Because again, it's so easy to get down, to get caught up in the weeds. So when you reflect on the, that conversation and what we've been talking about here, how might you, what, what comes to your mind? How might you apply what came up in the conversation that Howard and I had or what it triggered for you in terms of kind of where you're at right now and what's coming up in the next few weeks? You know, his his tips of even just high level things that you, you start with, like look at the titles of each chapter or look at the titles of each section or go to the back because oftentimes these books have kind of review paragraphs of, and I've seen this in just general, general nonfiction that I would pick up at at the bookstore, not textbook-like um, content, but oftentimes at the end of the par- at the end of a chapter, they'll say, "This is what we re- what we covered." Just flipping to the back and reading that first would help put everything into perspective going forward. You know, I'm smiling as you're saying that. I know. I don't know why. It's making me nervous because <laughs> uh, it's making me think. I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Either at the back of the chapter or the back of the book, there's some, sometimes can be a um, yeah. Here's the top three things, takeaways from this chapter. And what I'm realizing now, why I'm smiling is, I think when I've seen that in the past, it feels like if I were to jump to that, it feels like cheating. I totally agree. It feels like I'm looking to the back of the book to find the answer, to tell people I already know the answer. And it kind of ruins the surprise. But that probably comes from a novel. It's like, I don't want to jump to the end. For sure. Because I'm going to see what happens to the main character. Yeah. But in a nonfiction Like you're book, not respecting the author. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not expecting the journey to get to it. It's kind of, right. it's kind of like, you know, sometimes, sometimes the, the brain science books I read or a lot of research-based books that I read, it's like I need to understand the journey that the author is on to better understand the solution that they provide in part three of the book. Yeah. But if you take the approach that Howard's suggesting is you're not here to read, you're here to learn. And so the way you actually capitalize on the way our brain works is you get, it, make, it makes logical sense when you step back and think about it, to get a brief summary of the key things. Right. Then you dive into the structure of how those key things are, are built. Yeah. Then you dive into the details of what those mean, maybe picking and choosing where you might focus. But that way, when you're done all that, 
your brain can kind of build its own structure so you can recall it more yeah. readily, more actively, more, more effectively. I'm looking forward to testing this out. I know, um, I know Howard gave you an, you know, honorary or uh, complimentary, I should say, access to this course. I'm curious to hear, you know, any other tips that you pick up from this, but I'm, I'm looking forward to trying some of the tips that we learned just in the podcast, the podcast episode, trying those out. And I think I'm going to test myself by reading nonfiction and even halfway through saying, this is what I'm going to tell you about this book because mm. my, my philosophy is all, and as they say, if you can teach it, that's a good, yeah. um, a good test of whether you've picked it up or not. Well, even the basic, the basic tactical tip that, that Howard gave was find a, non a nonfiction book, something that you already know the basic language of. It's not quantum physics that you're trying to learn. Right. Read one chapter, normal pace, time yourself for one minute, see how far you get. Then go to another chapter and read, uh, just increase your, constantly increase your speed until it's uncomfortable. You're not really yes. learning. Then slow it down a bit. And that's as fast as your eyes can go for you to get some comprehension. Right. Go back to that first chapter and do that and see how far much further you go. And I guarantee, just having my experience from this other course that I did, I guarantee you'll be 20, 30, 40, 50%, maybe 100% fa faster. Mm. Uh, one of the tips that reminded me as well of, um, in Tim Ferriss's book, uh, The 4-Hour Workweek, he talked about one way to speed up reading is you don't let your eyes go all the way to the margins. Right. You read the middle, whatever, 60% of words because your peripheral vision will get the others. And I've, I've used that. So I've used many of these techniques. This is all a good reminder for me. Again, it goes back to behavior change and going back to old habits. Will you do it? Well, will I do it consistently? Right. It's all great after you take a certain course or go to a seminar, you're, you're all, all fired excited. up, right? Well, what are you doing a month from then? So... Um, One thing that does help, though, and I will say... Oftentimes we both read before going to sleep. We, we read in bed. And you, for a long period of time, you would always ask me, you would come to bed a little later than I would, and you would say, you know, what have you learned tonight? And it always made me pause and be like, okay, what have I learned tonight? And some nights were easier than others. Sometimes I would realize that I've just been enjoying the book and not really retaining anything. So that practice alone, I know this... I know Howard wasn't talking about retention so much as, as more of the, the speed of things, but even just retaining and using his tips to just retain things better, um, I think would improve my life. Well, and I go, I, I might suggest there's even one, one step further and I'm saying this to you as much as myself is it goes back to why are we reading this? And the, the big kind of uh, uh, aha moment, I suppose for me was when I started kind of, mass purchasing a whole bunch of books and building my little library of things i had the 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 actual conversation with myself it's like if i look at all these books that i bought this year and if i'm going to spend 60 hours reading these things like geez i owe it to myself to actually like apply this and learn it's not, it's not just not just the enjoyment in the moment but why am I reading these things? Right. And so that going back to that, like, why am I reading this or how can I apply this? I heard a conversation once uh, with one of my mentors who had a chance to talk with Tony Robbins. This was probably 15, 20 years ago. And he asked Tony, he said, um, so tell me, tell me this, like, I read all the same books you have. I've heard you reference the books that you read or the authors and I read the same books, but you're way further ahead than I am. What, what do you think the difference is? And Tony said, 
Well, when I read a book, the question I am always constantly asking as I'm reading this is, how can I apply this? Right. How can I apply this? How can I use this? How can I use this? How can... He's obsessive about how he can use it. And my mentor kind of reflected on that. He said, oh, I kind of look at it and say, what can I learn? And that's a very subtle distinction, but it's a massive distinction in terms of um, your return on your investment of time of, and again, if it's an enjoyment and it's casual reading and it's just to take your mind off of life at the end of the day, cool. No need to accelerate that or hyper-process that or, or think about all use how you can apply it. But I think um, well, this is reinforcing for me, for any book that I'm reading, it's just a reminder. I've got to get clear on why I'm doing this. And I, I like that little question of how can I apply that? Even if it's a simple question of how can I apply that today or this week or with this next client? Yeah, I love it. Yeah. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's get to work then, right? Well, let's look back. I, w I would love to, whether we do it publicly in, in this forum on the podcast or just personally, I'd love to loop back and see if we did apply it. We shall see. So there you have it, our after show edition. As always, if you like what you hear, subscribe, rate the show, or leave a review in iTunes. It helps others find us and helps us get better. We actually read every single review and comment that comes through iTunes, Facebook, and our website, and respond to as many people as we can. We especially love hearing your real live voice, and you can leave comments and questions for us to include in future episodes as an audio message by going to theignitionshow.com connect. That's theignitionshow.com connect. We'd really love to build a community around you and your questions. And lastly, remember, whatever you dream of, whatever you hope for, and secretly wish you had, you're closer than you think you are, you're meant to have it, and you absolutely deserve it. Until next time, I'm Chris Jansen. And I'm Sarah Jansen. And this is The Ignition Show.